Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Saki. Hey, welcome to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the, the legendary, of course, Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Make sure to check out Great Lakes Dragway. This is the perfect weather to be out at Great Lakes Dragway this weekend for all the fun. And don't forget... Uh, October 3rd, Saturday, the Anarchy No Prep Fall Festival at Great Lakes Dragway. I'd also like to thank our friends at David Hobbs Honda, of course, 6100 North Green Bay Avenue, for the best in new and certified used Hondas at davidhobbs.com. Make sure you check them out. Joining me on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, of course, it is Jeff Orlowski, the Polish Pipe Bomb. How are you doing today, Jeff? And I don't hear Jeff. Okay. Well, here we are on the final inspection show. Lots to talk about, of course. And uh, this weekend, of course, NASCAR is in Las Vegas. And last night, the first of three races, all night races, which I know uh, Jeff and I love. Last night was, of course, the truck race, uh, the Westgate 200 NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoor Truck Series race at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And it was Austin Hill taking the the win, but it was actually Sheldon Creed who just dominated. Uh, he he was uh, unfortunately had uh, issues towards the end of the race. Austin Hill, I don't want to say stole the win, but took uh, took advantage of uh, Sheldon Creed's uh, issues that he had late, late in the race because he was the dominant truck. He won the first two segments, and uh, I just got a kick out of it because uh, it's, it's been the first time in a while that we had uh, two drivers weighing over 200 pounds finishing first and second in a NASCAR race. Uh, yes, Austin and Sheldon are, are both big boys. Uh, they've been working on their weight. They've lost some weight, especially Austin Hill, but uh, they're certainly big boys. They are not uh, uh, in the uh, smaller range as some of these drivers uh, coming to, especially like drivers like Sam Mayer, 
<laughs> who's on the diminutive side, you could say, or Zane Smith, some of these guys. Uh, or, or you could almost say they're jockey size. These are big boys. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, – and, uh, you know, restarts, they were great. But, unfortunately, once once those trucks kind of uh, settled themselves out at a couple laps – it was kind of what we've been seeing at these, at, at you know, at these cursed uh, mile and a half tracks where they just kind of, it, it, it just cars going around in a circle, unfortunately. Uh, but like I said, it was uh, Austin Hill winning, and uh, it was that restart that earned uh, earned him the playoff win last night. Uh, the news last night also, Natalie Decker was not met, uh, medically cleared uh, to run the race. They, they uh, fortunately. Uh, she wasn't able to start, and uh, unfortunate for her, you know, I mean, she gets a lot of abuse. Oh, uh, you know, she wrecks a lot, this, that, and the other thing, but she's out there. She's doing the best she can, and, uh, you know, it's it, she does a lot in the social media side. She does a lot promoting the sport, and, you know, although the results might not be there, uh, she is uh, doing a lot as a, on, on the promotion end. And she, uh, somebody like that is actually good for the sport. We need more people like that out there promoting. And it, it's just uh, kind of frustrating. A lot of, you know, it, it, and, you know, people pile on. You know, it, it's everything in social media. You know, uh, once a couple people see uh, some of the trolls, you know, ganging up on somebody, everybody else starts ganging up on them. You know, it, it, it's, is she the most talented driver ever come down? No. But has she gotten into a lot of accidents? She has, but she's out there. Has she caused drivers not to win races? Has she been put herself in? I mean, there, there's been some drivers, a couple drivers on the cup size. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about this in the next half hour, who put themselves in uh, compromising positions for other drivers, which it might have cost you know might have cost them from winning some races. So. It it's certainly you know frustrating when you see the kind of abuse that's out there you know it it it's just it it's embarrassing some of the these trolls how they go after somebody like Natalie and you know and they they well pretty much I think I think any public figure nowadays you're gonna have negative feedback on social media and it's just very unfortunate also last night. Kind of cool deal. We had uh, Connor Daly, IndyCar driver. He's running the IndyCar Series uh, full-time for a couple teams. And Travis Pastrana uh, ran the truck race. Travis Pastrana was running full-time in the Series a couple years ago and then walked away, and he's been kind of picking and choosing some races. Uh, they ran a pair of Nice uh, Motorsports trucks. And uh, Connor Daly actually... Uh, did the better of the two. I guess they had a side bet going on. Uh, Connor Daly finishing 18th. And I think Pastrana finishing like 21st, 22nd. Um, Pastrana yeah, they were right issues. around each other the entire race. So. And uh, Connor Daly, what a phenomenal job he did. It was the first time he was ever in a truck racing in NASCAR. And he sat there and was able to stay on the lead lap the entire race until the like the coming out of turn four to, to uh, hit the checkered uh, hit the start finish line, he got lapped about 200 yards before the start finish line to finish the race. So I call that he finished on the lead lap. Just a mighty impressive performance. 
Uh, obviously, we had a little audio issue. So uh, definitely best wishes out to Natalie. She does take too much uh, too much stuff on uh, on social media. Yes, she's been involved in accidents. Is she in the best equipment? No. So is, uh, you know, is the what she's driving, should she be competing for top tens? Of course not. And, um, you know, she's doing a good job. She's learning. Uh, her personality and the way that she sits there and with the backing that she has and the support she has from her family and from her team and everybody around her, she is a very smart girl, and she sits there, and she has raced in a hundred different types of cars and snowmobiles and everything that you can race, and it, it's great. And you know that she's just packing this stuff away and, you know, learning and getting all these kind of tips. So if she does get into better equipment and if, you know, some much-needed money is funneled into the truck series, and, uh, and she gets a better ride, she's going to be that much better for it and be better able to compete down the road. Yeah, looking at the, I'm looking at the box scores, and this is very surprising for me. Because usually in a situation like this, following box scores, as long as I can remember as a kid, I was always one of these box score geeks, so I was kind of looking to, into the stats of any particular race. For Natalie Decker, it says uh, zero laps completed, uh you know, five points because she's running, uh, you know, for points in that series. Status fatigue. Now, it's interesting that they put that in there. I've never, ever seen that before. Uh, usually it would be a did not start because as far as I know, she did not start the race, correct? Right. She did not. Right. So, and it's, so it's interesting that they actually put that in there. So that was probably her main complaint somewhere along the line. And that's for, you know, NASCAR official whoever filled this out. Uh, got that. That was her main complaint, and maybe that's why she went to the medical center. She just wasn't feeling, you know, that good. Then, what was her main complaint? Well, it's fatigue. So it's 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 interesting that they actually put that in there. I'm very surprised that they actually would put that in the box score instead of just did not start. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if there's any feedback on that. If if I'm her team and her her handlers, I'm I'm having to talk with NASCAR on that why that's in the box score so because uh, it's certainly it's almost like you know i I'm, I'm i'm just having a talk i'm i'm my i'm going to the trailer myself if i'm with with her if i'm one of her handlers saying what's going on why is that in the box score because it's just i've never seen that before no i haven't either and you know different sports have different ways of doing injuries You've got hockey, you know, lower body injury, and that's fine, and nobody questions it. Right. Uh, that's just common practice. Upper body injury. Well, you're not telling me anything. You know, it's just, it's stupid. NASCAR could have done that, they, you know, or, or like you said, just did not start. And uh, there's no reason for them to put fatigue on there, and it kind of makes you wonder if they would have done that, say, if that was uh, – you know, if that was Kyle Busch and he was supposed to run run a truck race and he had a medical issue, would it just be do uh, did not start? Or, you know, do you think that they would have uh, the guts right. to sit there and throw fatigue on there? And I guarantee you it would say did not start. Exactly. And, and there's another one in here, uh, Tim Vines, who was racing the 83 truck. Uh, he was black flagged after 69 laps. Usually they'll put that in there, just black flag. They put in too slow. 
and I've never mm-hmm. seen that before either. Usually, no. usually it, it they they usually if there's a black flag for failure to maintain pace or that it's just black flagged. I've, I've very rarely do you ever see a specific you know. So whoever put this spot, who whatever NASCAR driver put or NASCAR official put this together, I'm kind of curious of. Uh, it's interesting that they put that they put it in there. They actually have oil. They actually have actual specifics. I don't know if this is a new thing, because uh, usually um, they'll put it, it. It usually they try to keep it vague. You know, if there's a you know somebody breaks an A arm, it's a suspension failure or something like that. They actually put track bar in here for Jordan Anderson and number three truck, um, and then they have for Jennifer Joe Cobb they put oil tank. You know, because I, you know, even even when uh, remember when they were doing uh, the starting parks, they would make up stuff. Right. Even everybody knew the, especially when the nationwide series when they had like seven of them running, and they would pull in at at, at kind of spread them out. You know, they they would always make up stuff: suspension, handling, <laughs> transmission <laughs> issue. You know, even though everyone knew beforehand, and they had no pit crew that they were pulling in, so. Yeah, it, it seems like, you know, rubbing salt in the wound for nothing. And, uh, you know, I, it, it doesn't give, give the, it's not the best look for NASCAR. Let's just put it that way. Steve, one of my main problems with that race last night, besides how ungodly boring it was, um, why, when you're running a truck race and the length of the race is so short, you have stage one and two that are only 30 laps apiece. So you're running 45 miles before you're having a mandatory caution flag. Why in the hell would you put a competition caution after 10 laps? Mm-hmm. You run 15 miles, and then they completely make the race, you know, slow to a standstill with the caution flag. They got back running with 15 to go. So not only do you sit there and have this completely unnecessary caution, then you waste five laps after it. If you're trying to keep the interest of a passing fan, not the diehards, you know, like us that would, you know, watch two old ladies, uh, you know, race a hover around the block, um, you know, the casual fan, why are you going to sit there and, you know, basically 10 minutes into the race, throw a 15-minute-long caution flag to make sure that every single person who's watching changes the channel. It doesn't make any sense to me. No, it is kind of frustrating. It certainly is. i tell you what, let's take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more uh, happenings in the world of NASCAR with Jeff Orlowski, myself, Steve Zotke, on the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove and David Hobbs Honda. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda joining me. It is the Polish pipe on Jeff Orlowski. How are you doing, sir? Uh, living the dream, Steve. All right. The big news, of course, this week in the world of NASCAR is the much-anticipated uh, teaming up of uh, Denny Hamlin, 
along with Michael Jordan and driver Bubba Wallace. And uh, it's fun watching how some people talk about it. Uh, some people think it's the, the the greatest thing that ever happened in the world of sports. It's going to transition. It's going to transition the world of NASCAR. It's going to be NASCAR, the NFL, and everybody else. Blah blah blah. You hear all this stuff from just all sorts of stuff. But the one thing, the one thing I noticed, Jeff, because I've seen I've seen I've seen outside sports figures come and go. And I'm not saying one way or another how much involvement Michael Jordan's going to have. But did I see a press conference with the three of them at a uh, podium? No. What, 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 what did we see from Michael Jordan? Did we not see Dale Jr. drive to his house, talk to him in his driveway? Is that what I saw? Mm-hmm. I think so, uh, yeah. Yeah. So if this is, is such a big, huge involvement, Michael Jordan couldn't even couldn't even get in a car, drive the Charlotte Motor Speedway, drive the Joe Gibbs uh, wherever, and have a big press conference and a big release, right? Is that a red? Is yeah. that a, is that a kind of a red flag for me? Or you know, it, yes, probably it is. And you know, anybody who thinks that Jordan's going to be very involved in the day to day or pretty much anything. Uh, you know, I, I think they're kidding themselves. I think it's fantastic for NASCAR. Michael Jordan, you know, most the biggest athlete anywhere in the world ever. And so obviously having him involved in NASCAR is a huge step in the right direction and does bring a lot of outside eyes on it. But is it, is it a, you know, going to shake the world of, of racing? Hell no. Well, I mean, it is big. It's not only big for for NASCAR, and and I understand NASCAR is kind of you know you know strutting around and and saying you know this is fantastic. But actually, they, and this is where I, everybody needs to understand it's good for racing in general. And I think the sooner NHRA, IndyCar, Formula One, and NASCAR kind of you know say it's good for the sport. Not just good for NASCAR. Uh, I, right. I think it'll be better for racing generally. But that was a little bit of a red flag where I didn't see a big press conference. I didn't see. I just saw. I just. I, I saw the. I thought the optics of Dale Jr. having to drive over to Jordan's house and get an interview with him on his driveway was a little in the middle of the night. It seemed a little bizarre. Uh, and because of that, I've seen this come and go. I've seen Brett Favre own a NASCAR team with Dale Jarrett. We know how far that lasted. Uh, I've seen Joe Montana own an IndyCar team with Chip Ganassi. You know, I've seen these athletes come and go in this sport, uh, Jeff. And you know, I'm not saying this is going to happen in this case. I, I think it's good. I think it's a little bit longer term. But I, I, I you know, you wonder. It's it's. And we all know why those guys did that in the past. Why Brett Favre was with Dale Jarrett. Why Joe Montana was Chip Ganassi and 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 others. It, it's a way to bring in sponsorship. You know, not only are you uh, involved with Bubba Wallace and, and Denny Hamlin and that, but y'all Michael Jordan's involved. And if you sponsor a race car, Michael Jordan might come to a couple of our races. You could see MJ. Oh, great! Let's you know let's that let's we're 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 in. That kind of thing. Am I wrong in that regard, Jeff? No, absolutely not. And uh, yes, many have come, many have gone, 
Uh, however, none of them have had the checkbook the size of Michael Jordan. Now, right. that said, you know, besides the, the fact that there was no big press conference, you didn't have anything with Denny, Bubba, and MJ all in the same room. I've got a couple problems with it. Uh, you know, first of all, there's a four-car limit for these teams. And Denny Hamlin driving for Gibbs and Toyota, and now this team that he co-owns is going to be a Gibbs satellite running Toyota and all that. You know, yes, technically, do I think that it's against the rules? Hell yes, I do. Uh, is NASCAR going to allow it? Of course they would, and any other sport would break the rules to allow Michael Jordan sure. to get involved in their sport as well. I understand that. But you cannot tell me that this just isn't going to be a fifth Joe Gibbs team. It absolutely is. I don't think there's any doubt about that. It makes a lot of sense for them because this way Joe Gibbs has more control over what they can do. And we've seen both sides of this. We saw Furniture Row Racing, which it worked out so well. The 78 car actually ended up beating Joe Gibbs Racing. And, you know, the boys at Joe Gibbs Racing certainly didn't like that. We can't have that. So then we go, well, let's try something else. Let's do what we're doing with the 95 car with Christopher Bell now, which is an absolute failure. You got a team, you know, you got Levine who's spending all this money. We ain't getting any results. We got the we got the hottest driver, young driver in NASCAR, and we're finishing 22nd, 23rd. This is not what I signed up for. And so... They were, they're looking for something a little bit in between. And so with this with this agreement, though, Jeff, NASCAR is happy because they're checking all the boxes, right? They're, they're, of course. They're, they're checking everything that everybody wants in NASCAR now is, is, is being checked off. We have some – we have Michael Jordan, who doesn't want that. We have Bubba Wallace in a more competitive car. We don't have to worry about him with about the team he's with going closing the doors. And we're going to bring in more sponsorship in that. And everybody's happy. That's why it happened. Well, of course it did. And and let's not, you know, be all PC about it. It checks the boxes that NASCAR is looking for as well. You know, minority owner, check. Minority driver, check. Now, you know, obviously NASCAR has done a phenomenal job in the last handful of years with the whole, uh, you know, drive for diversity and all that, trying to bring up. Uh, you know, different drivers from different backgrounds and not just a bunch of uh, of white kids out of California, the Midwest and, and down south. Uh, so, you know, I, I the reason why I think that they're bending the rules for Jordan is not just so they could say that they have a minority owner and driver. I don't think that. But, you know, they, it does check those two big boxes as well. Like you mentioned, Michael Jordan, incredible athlete, best athlete in the world. Uh, obviously, you know, he's a phenomenal businessman and obviously he's not a stupid man, but I really hope he did the homework with furniture row. Like you mentioned, you know, they were a Gibbs satellite team. Everything was great. Everything was wonderful. Everybody got along. And then Truex had a, a little incident with Joey Logano on the track. Truex's crew started talking some smack and Logano's crew said, Hey, don't forget who you drive for. And uh, and then, you know, once Truex started beating the regular uh, Gibbs stable, then all of a sudden Gibbs screwed him, sat there, jacked the prices, on, in my opinion, jacked the prices on everything and made him go out of business. 
So I hope Michael Jordan did his homework and he's not walking into this with a huge page, you know, huge checkbook, but blind to the situation from teams of the past. Jeff, it sounds like we lost Steve uh, momentarily. So I guess we can uh, we can take a break and we'll uh, we'll, we'll talk more on the other side. Uh, This is the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway. And Jeff, it's a great day to get down there. I know it's kind of cloudy, but uh, might be something cloudy. Nothing, Mitch. (laughs) You are absolutely right. The temperature is gorgeous outside. It is one hell of a day. You got a nice breeze, even kick up the smell of the uh, the fuel and the rubber from the burning tires out to uh, to where you're sitting in the stands. They do a great job. Go over to Drake, Great Lakes Dragway. Check out the great racing, the great food, the great adult beverages. It is fun for the whole family. When you're out there, do me a favor. Track down Roy Henning. Kick him in the knee and ask him why uh, why he keeps dodging me. But, uh, you know, phenomenal day. Check them out on their Facebook page, Great Lakes Dragway, and, uh, and get out there. And uh, we will come back. We'll have... Uh, uh, Dennis Michelson from D Mike Media coming up next. You're listening to the final inspection show here on Sports Radio 1057 FM. The fan. Final inspection. Final inspection. Now, Dennis Michelson of D Mike Media is here to give us the inside track on NASCAR and the world of short track racing. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Steve Zotke, along with the Polish Pipe, I'm Jeff Orlowski. Dennis, good to, good to talk to you. We were talking about it previously. Uh, give us your one-minute uh, synopsis of the Michael Jordan-Denny Hamlin-Bubba uh, Wallace uh, deal that was announced this week. Well, I think it's a brilliant move. Um, will it do anything as far as increasing the popularity with NASCAR, with some demographical groups? No, but it's a cool deal. It's fun to have MJ involved in NASCAR. The fact that anyone, anyone with money is willing to invest in the sport right now is a positive. It certainly is at this point. And, you know, we were talking about how it it seems like Joe Gibbs is kind of taking control of that satellite, quote-unquote, operation car. Uh, where almost you know the seventy eight was too good, ninety five is not good enough. They're they're leaving the sport <laughs> frustrated, and this way with Denny on board, Bubba Wallace, you got Michael Jordan, you got some sponsorship. It is basically a fifth car, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and they must be put, uh, charging quite a bit because they put two teams out of business already. So you know that's the case. Um, you know they're they're making their money. There's no doubt about it. And NASCAR's not going to get upset because they need as many teams, as many viable teams as they can get. So I think if anybody wanted to do these satellite teams on steroids and do even more of them right now, and if Hendrick wanted to, to basically have eight cars and Gibbs wanted to have eight cars, and, you know, I, I don't think there would be any blowback by NASCAR at all, as long as they're showing separate ownership. Oh, right. And, and I mean, NASCAR, let's face it, NASCAR would be foolish to turn their back on a situation where you can put 
Bubba Wallace in a competitive car, you're bringing in Michael Jordan involved. And plus, you're keeping the manufacturer happy, too, because Toyota, has, for a while, wanted to add a, another car, especially a more competitive car. Yeah, and, and here's here's the reality of what you're seeing. Every morning on my morning radio show down here in Danville, we play uh, a national sports that, that comes in from the network. And on, you know, the day after the NASCAR race, there was nothing about NASCAR and the entire sports. After the Southern 500, the Monday after the Southern 500, one of the the crown jewels of stock car racing, maybe one of the fifth most important races in the in the country as far as uh, all kinds of motorsports, didn't even get a mention. Michael Jordan teams up with Denny Hamlin, and it's the second story right after the NBA playoffs. This is the impact that this move is having on the non-racing fans. It is moving the needle with the non-racing fans. Will that do anything for NASCAR at the end of the day? I don't know, but it certainly is better to get some good publicity rather than the only times NASCAR has gotten any publicity on the national sports is when something bad happens. So take the small victories where they come. Dennis, let me ask you a question here. Uh, Obviously, with uh, Jordan, you know, being a principal owner and all that kind of stuff on this team, they should have better funding, and it should be, uh, as far as Bubba Wallace is concerned, his car shouldn't be put together with tinfoil and rubber bands like the petty cars are now. So... Obviously, it'll take them, you know, two, three years to sit there and and build chemistry, get everybody in place and all that kind of stuff. I don't think anybody, uh, you know, expects them to go out and and even really compete all that well next year, the year after, maybe. But how long of a leash do you give Bubba before you start having to kind of look sideways if he struggles in good equipment with the Hamlin and Jordan teams. Yeah, this is the big thing for Bubba Wallace. It's a make or break season next year. And I don't think there will be any level of patience because NASCAR is huge money to sponsor a team right now. Now in Bubba's in his corner is because of the way that he played all the national news off of all of the, the racial injustice, uh, messaging. He actually brought a lot of the sponsorship for this team to himself for next year. So if Bubba leaves, do those sponsors leave? That's the question. But it's going to be interesting to see what other sponsorship uh, goes to that car other than what has already committed to Bubba right now and how long those brands will be loyal to NASCAR because this is something brand new for them. And will they figure out a way to measure their ROI? I mean, we're seeing Geico leaving the business because there wasn't an ROI uh, to the sport at these levels of sponsorship. So it's going to be interesting. But, yes, Bubba's got the big target on his back because he's back in good equipment like he was in the trucks and in Xfinity. But in the trucks and Xfinity, he had some success. So, you know, Bubba's got a chance now 
to show what he has as a driver. It's a huge step up from Xfinity and, and trucks to the cup level. Will he be able to be competitive? I think so. Does that mean that this is a top 15 team? Probably not. But it's in that next tier of teams, maybe next year, and will show some strength. It will be sort of like a farm team for Joe Gibbs Racing main teams, though. So they'll get a lot of good talent coming up from the truck series with Kyle Busch Motorsports and from the Xfinity series uh, with Joe Gibbs Racing that will get a chance to show what they can do at the cup level on pit road. So that will have this team up to speed a lot quicker than a lot of people are thinking. That's a good point. Um, moving on to uh, the other move this week was uh, uh, Chastain going to the 40, Ross Chastain, Ross Chastain going to the 42 car. Uh, they're going to go through some car zone next year, aren't they? <laughs> well, this is an interesting move because it's a very aggressive driver, but I think a very good driver. He has been able to show some success in the trucks at Xfinity as well um, in what I would call lesser equipment. So now, you know, is this a good ride at the cup level? No. As witnessed by how fast Kurt Busch is fading in the playoffs, where he cannot seem to, to come up to speed, and he's really struggling just to be top 15. And with the way Matt Kenseth just fell off the face of the earth here after he took over that 42 ride, I don't think that driver was washed up, so I'm blaming the equipment. So it's an interesting move, but the, the positive of that move is Ganassi was one of the teams that there's been a lot of rumors about maybe maybe cutting a team, if not not showing up next year at all. So the fact that they've committed so early to Ross Chastain and some of his sponsorship dollars that he's able to bring, uh, that's certainly good news for the sport, too. Well, and I think it's a good move for Ganassi because next season is going to be the last season with the current car before we go to the next gen. So you might as well throw Ross Chastain out there to trash everything, oh, yeah. and then that way you clear up your garage. <laughs> and, and so the following season, when the next-gen car comes, you've got plenty of space to load all those bad boys into, uh, into the shop. Now, my thing is I understand the move from Ross Chastain's point. Of course you're going to sign the deal, move up to Cup, get a bigger paycheck and all that. But anybody who thinks that Ross Chastain is going to sit there and compete on that level on the cup level in the 42 is kidding themselves. Does Ross Chastain have uh, even half the talent that Kyle Larson has? I would say no. Does he have, you know, uh, half the talent that Matt Kenseth, former NASCAR cup champion has? I would say no. And they couldn't get the job done in that ride. Chastain isn't going to be any different. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be so quick to say we know exactly where Ross Chastain's talent level will be at cup, uh, at the cup level, but I agree with you. He's not a past champion like Matt Kenseth quality, and I'll say he's not even a Kurt Busch quality, let alone a Kyle Larson quality of driver. That's, that's pretty easy to say, but is he a driver 
that will be holding the car back or improving the car, that is still, the jury's still out on that. I don't think Ross Chastain, with the exception of crashing a bit of equipment from time to time, because he's so aggressive, I don't think he's a bad driver. I just think that he's, you know, we don't, the jury's out. But I, I agree with you. He's not as good of a driver as Kyle Larson. That car is not a great pick to have. And in there, that's why nobody else was eager to, to jump into that car. Um, everybody's hoping for that 48 ride. That's, that's where the, the drivers that really are auditioning for a better ride for next season, that's what they're waiting for is that domino to fall. Ross Chastain didn't have the luxury of waiting. Yeah, he definitely didn't. And what I like at Chastain, what I think he can bring to the table is rivalries and drama. If Chastain gets into something with Logano, which I don't think he's going to be running anywhere near the front, so I I think that that's less likely to happen. But if Chastain gets into some kind of rivalry with, let's say, uh, everybody's favorite good old... uh, crash stenhouse uh you know that could just be wildly entertaining for three four five weeks at a time i tell you what if 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 the 42 net car next year takes out the 22 every week you'll be my favorite driver but that's well we'll actually talk about that more coming up next year let's uh let's take a quick break when we come back i want to talk about the rick hendrick uh, we also have a new date next year on the 2021 schedule and more coming up, coming up next on the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Steve Zaki, along with the Polish pipe bomb, Jeff Orlowski. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, as always, from DMAC Media, it is Dennis Michelson. And Dennis, uh, Hendricks Motorsports and Rick Hendrick got nipped a hundred grand by NASCAR this week, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, it's always interesting when you see the fines come out. Yeah, hundred grand. That's not going to hurt uh, Hendrick too much, though. I I actually think that there were bigger fines in the NFL for wearing uh, masks on your, their chins during Monday Night Football. So uh, maybe that's not a big big penalty. But you know, it's it's always weird when you see these penalties pop up in NASCAR. Um, you know, back in the day, a hundred thousand dollars would have been a big deal. Even ten thousand dollars, but to these teams now, it's 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 like an inconvenience. Yeah, it is. Well, yeah, is. when you're finding a crew chief ten grand because you don't have a lug nut type, uh, you know, a hundred thousand to Rick Hendrick is uh, that's you know couch cushion money. Yeah, NASCAR charities is happy though. That's that's the one thing. That's where all that money goes. Uh, yes. Yeah. 
2021 schedule is coming out, and uh, one of the new venues is, is the Circuit of the Americas in Austin. Uh, Texas loses one of its cup North points paying cup states, but is the, uh, uh, the, it's where the, the all-star race is going to be. And, uh, I thought it was interesting where there has been some rumors that road America was going to be part of it. Uh, it looked very, very strongly that road America was going to be str- part of it. And, uh, are you surprised that quota is going to be on there? Um, yes and no. Um, Coda was, is a very beautiful, well-built, and well-organized track. You can have a lot of events down there that would go along well with the NASCAR race whenever they, they held F1 events or any other big events. They always had kind of a pretty good mainliner uh, concert down there uh, to bring in the non-racing fans earlier in the weekend uh, and try to make you know as big of an event. The only problem with Coda is it really, like, if you watch the full-size um, sports cars at Coda, it's a whole different kind of racing than it is for Formula One. The, the Formula cars, that's what that track was built for. The larger, higher center of gravity cars, it is such a technical track that I'm just not sh- so sure how... Uh, NASCAR-style cars are going to do down at Coda. But then again, we know that kind of the quality of racing isn't as much of a factor as it is the quality of carnage. Um, and so maybe they're just hoping that it'll be like the Roval where you're guaranteed quite a few wrecks. But uh, I don't know. It was an interesting move because that's right in Texas. Motor Speedway's um, fan base, and now you're taking a race away from them and having another race in their, where you're selling tickets against them. Uh, It's just an interesting move that I was a little surprised to see. I thought Texas Motor Speedway was more in the good graces of NASCAR than that. I did too. I'll tell you, uh, Steve, I, I hate it. And and my my reason is NASCAR, again, they prove that they don't learn anything of the past. If you look back, you know, 15, 20 years ago, uh, the cookie cutter mile and a half tracks were not all that prevalent in NASCAR. Uh, And then they sat there and they had a couple good races at a few of them. And then every track that went up was a mile and a half. Now, all of a sudden, we're getting this over, you know, it's to me, it's too much road racing. You've got Watkins Glen. You've got Sonoma. Now you've got Coda. You've got the Roval. The Bush Clash is going to be on the Daytona road course. I know that's not points paying, but it's still a big event right before the biggest uh, race of the season. So we've got all these road racing uh, events now, these road courses, and, you know, for years, NASCAR has grown and brought up talent through dirt tracks, through, uh, you know, short tracks all over the country. They worked their way up to K&N. They worked their way up to ARCA, to Xfinity, and then they get to Cup. Now, all of a sudden, you keep adding more and more of these road courses. They're going to have to be taking guys out of IMSA. And I just don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's a, a wise move. 
Well, I think you. I, no, I, I, I totally disagree with that because uh, it's funny. I, 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 when I people find out if I meet somebody or, or my cat, you know, casual acquaintances or that, and they, they want to talk racing. Uh, I've had more than a few say, "Boy, I really like those road racing where they, where, where they, they're, they're, they have to go both left and right." I'm like, "Oh, interesting." And they'll explain, "Oh yeah, a lot seems like there's a lot more action, and I never thought I would like road racing this and that." But the other thing too, though, is the drivers, especially these younger drivers, they, a lot of them have come up from a road racing background, especially through go through karting and whatnot, and and I don't I. There, there's, and I think Dennis will agree with me that the, the the days of the road course ringers have kind of passed because these guys are very, very competitive on road courses, right, Dennis? Yeah, that's exactly it, and it's weird because years and years ago, I mean, the early days of of NASCAR, you did have a good mix of some road courses in there, and then you got away from that during the glory day years of NASCAR, where we were only running like Riverside. Um, and then now, all of a sudden, road course racing has had a resurgence. It, and but the but you're right. The drivers are so much more ready for this road course racing, and a lot of it has to do, obviously, with so many guys starting in karting. But a lot of it has to do with all of the i racing. You know, guys have availability to sims now that they didn't have. You know, ten, fifteen years ago of this quality and it's mimicking the road course experience so much that these guys come in with lots and lots of laps on their resume at a particular track. So, um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of mixed on this one. I'm just not sure the code is the right road course. Um, I'm just not sure that it's got what it takes to, uh, to make a good stock car race, but we'll see. It kind of is. Well, I tell you what, we have Sage Karam coming up next on the final inspection show. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk to IndyCar driver Sage Karam coming up, coming up after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.